We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. No, I think in general you have to... Um, there's a lot of paths that can lead to, to winning. There's not one path that, that leads to winning. Obviously... Um, I really like Cody. We've got a great relationship, and he's a great player. Um, but yeah, all the all roads can't lead that direction. You know, you have to have a lot of contingencies, and that's not just about him. That's about anyone. You know that um, if you build a team where one player gets hurt and you can't win, that's not a very good team. That's Jed Hoyer, and he faced a lot of questions over the weekend about the continued ongoing free agency of Cody Bellinger. He would seem to certainly fit what the Cubs need right now. And there are a lot of Cub fans over the weekend saying, sign him, sign him, sign him, sign him, sign him. Well, Joe Sheehan says not so fast. I think they're saying sign anybody. Well, Mostly sign Bellinger. Well, I found this fascinating. And I'm not saying you have to agree with it, and I'm not saying it's perfect. It is just a really convincing argument for caution. I disagree. There you go. So I'm going to try to clean out. There, there isn't a lot of gory math. I too here. disagree. And, by the way, and just so you know, there is no, there, there's not a lot of, of gory math here. For the record, well, you haven't even heard it yet. I know. You don't know. Maybe we heard it during the break. Maybe we know Maybe. your love for Joe Sheehan. Maybe we called Joe Sheehan before the show started. So I don't know. Maybe Joe Sheehan is predictable. He said this is about the two most famous free agents left, Blake Snell and Cody Bellinger. Together they represent a single idea, the Snellinger principle. The two are coming off big seasons. Snell just won the NL Cy Young. He led the circuit in ERA and ERA+. Displayed skill mixed with good fortune keeping runners on base from scoring. Bellinger had some award love, too. Contender for NL MVP at midseason before landing 10th in the voting, winner of the Comeback Player of the Year Award. With resumes like that, you'd expect a healthy market for their services. They could still be unsigned for some of the reasons we've talked about. The RSN uncertainty, keeping buyers out of the market, expanded playoffs, limiting the value of being great versus good enough. Or you might think Scott Boris, who represents both players, is keeping them from signing. I'm not sure it's any of that, he says. I think it's because Snell and Bellinger violate, as free agents, a long-standing and basic idea. Bad free agent signings usually happen when a player's new contract is for more seasons than the number of seasons the player has ever been good. Think about Gary Matthews Jr. He had two three-win seasons in his life when the Angels signed him to a five-year deal. Robbie Ray, two good seasons when the Mariners signed him to a five-year deal. Mike Hampton, three good years when the Rockies signed him for the next eight. Alfonso Soriano had three good years from his debut to free agency. The Cubs signed him for the next eight. You can do this for dozens of bad free agent signings over the last 40 years. Signing a player to a deal that covers more years than he has good ones in his past almost never works out. So you ask, what's a good year? He set the bar very low. Three wins. A three-war season. 
He said that's an average plus player. The bare minimum you expect when you're making a nine-figure investment. A three-war year means you were good, you helped your team. You have a lot of three-war years, you're a star. If you're 30 and you've had two, you're a free agent landmine. He said, I never named the concept, though I first started yelling about it when Matthews signed. The Snellinger principle says, if giving a player a huge contract would have been ridiculous a year ago, it's probably still ridiculous now. So here's some more specific. This is only a couple graphs left here. I'm going to take out the Snell stuff and just give you the Bellinger stuff. Cody Bellinger is an even more extreme case than Snell. He was non-tendered by the Dodgers a year ago. They decided they would rather not have him and get no compensation for losing him than pay him $18 million in 2023. He'd been even worse than Snell in 21 and 22. He was worth less than a replacement-level player across two seasons. He was one of the very worst players in baseball in 2021. And he was quite a few years removed from his big season, winning the NL MVP with an eight-win campaign in 2019. And unlike Snell, we know exactly how the market valued him. That one-year deal with the Cubs, $17.5 million. Bellinger's a very complicated free agent case, owing to his unusual career path, disconnect between input and output stats, and the apparent swing changes. Take a step back and look at it. A year ago, he's paid 17.5, and now you're going to pay him seven years and 175? So the biggest mistakes in free agency have almost always happened when a team pays for the walk year without looking back. Jacoby Ellsbury, Chris Davis, said abiding by the Snellinger principle is a way to pass on enormous contracts for players who have little chance of being contributors over the life of the deal and perhaps not even in the early years. The idea of free agency is to sign superstars. Superstars have more good years than bad ones. Superstars frequently have great years. And as they reach free agency, they don't spend multiple seasons as one to two win players or worse. Landmines do. The Snellinger principle is a way of identifying and avoiding landmines. I have a couple rebuttals. Number one, the Dodgers outfield. We've seen many Dodgers players who couldn't find homes because the team was good. That's the reason they just traded away Bush to the Cubs, correct? For teenage toolsy prospects. Number two, Blake Snell's years are separated. It wasn't like they were two years concurrently. They were two years separated in his career. Talking about 2018 when he had a 189 ERA, 7.5 war. That's when he was 21-5. and I know you don't like win-loss records, but it's still the principle. San Diego, six-war season last season. But that doesn't make what Snell did not worth it based on his other numbers. They still average out to something that's suitable. Is it worth, like, whatever you think the availability is? You also don't get the average of a player's seasons. But that's my point. Also, you're not paying, like, long contracts are just what that guy costs in the market. You're not paying for the seventh and eighth years of his deal. You're paying, you're paying for his job stability because that's what it costs to get him right now. Shinsu Chu would have been the one I thought you would have brought up. That would have been a contract that would have been something that was awarding for the Jason Hayward contract when I did research on that deal. But even then, Jason Hayward still had a five-war season. I also think that there's a couple of things that I would like to add to what Joe is talking about. And one of them is, okay, but what if what if the the two good seasons by a player are outliers as far as how good of a season they are. Meaning, does does the Schellinger effect Snellinger. Wh- whatever. Snell I don't and care. Bellinger. 
whatever. Do, do any of those fit when we're talking about a guy winning an MVP? Well, Robbie Ray won the Cy Young the year that he was a free agent. I mean, anybody can be overpaid. Based on it, it just it's interesting that when you but look, define overpaid if that's what the market dictates. But, but it's, just because the market dictates, it doesn't mean it's smart money for you to spend what the market dictates. But that depends on what you need it to be for. If he's if you're in win now mode, then you're paying for the next two years, and you hope it gets you from point A to B, a la the Hayward contract. The problem being the po- the point is he could be a one win player next year. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. That's the, the the point is that some of these guys are just a step away, and the the randomizing of some of the good year bad year stuff. Bellinger was a below zero WAR player; like he but was the, awful. By that argument, he shouldn't have had the season he just had. Which is why you would look at that season as an outlier. But it still existed. Correct. So three nine WAR in seventeen, a four two WAR in eighteen. An 8-6 war in 2019 mm-hmm. and a 4-4 war, doesn't that go against what Joe said? No, not if it's a seven-year deal. But, but that's where it's in an how, absolute that how doesn't many, make you, sense. No, no, but using B-war, how many three-win seasons has he had in his career? That's what he's saying. If it's less than seven, that's the point. That, that if you are signing a player for more years than good years that he's already had. But he's only played for six. The Cubs have to replace 26 (laughs) home runs and clutch hitting with what he – the Cubs don't – they have to not only add to their offense, they would then have to replace Bellinger. It's what he costs to them. What's his his average B-war, Dan? He's a career 22.1 war, and he's played six seasons. He's played seven seasons. Seven seasons. So his average B-war is three. Right. But the point is he's not looking at the average. He's looking at the seasons that he's had. Okay, so then, so you don't even look at the last season where he was above that, right? It's how many, like his his wars. He's had one, two, three, had three nine four two eight six and a four four. Right. So signing him, for, it wouldn't violate the principle if you signed him to a four year deal. Well, what I'm wondering is that is there is there a war number because one would think that an eight six war might be an be an outlier to this doctrine that he's put together. Well, I don't like know if, because if if a player has that magnificent of a season on his resume and then was able to follow it up with maybe a season that's not as great as that. But he followed it up with a one five and a negative one seven and a one two. And then what happened? Right, but still I'm saying like those three intervening seasons. My my point happen. is is if a player shows you that he can be as good as an eight six war, if he's not that far removed from an eight six war, it, is it possible that the player could be good? It, it is, of course, it is. The point is, it's also highly possible it's a landmine. That's exactly the point. Where that there's a lot of teams they're going to think 
that it's very possible that he's good and, and chase that. It just rarely happens. But define landmine. So it's not a landmine if you only sign him to a four-year contract? I would say based on this, yeah. That if, if From what he's saying, by the, by the actual letter of the law, the principle, a four-year contract would lessen your exposure to the danger of a landmine. But Even if that four-year contract was, like, high AAV? That's it. That's where I go with this. It's It's too many things in a vacuum for me. It also just discredits the reason why players want long-term contracts because they can get them because of their production oh, and the immediate need. Oh, he w- I have no doubt in my but mind the, he's going to get a seven-year deal. But the team has an immediate need, so they will pay that player for those years knowing that their immediate need meets the others. I just I hope that the Cubs are based on what they said publicly and privately about the effect of the Hayward deal that and and the Udarvish deal that they eventually just sort of got out from under for nothing. They yeah, could have gotten I'm, more for you, Darvish, and you and I both know that. I, I think had they waited, they probably could have. There's no probably but, about it. And, they, and the reason that they got rid of Darvish is because they got squirrely. It wasn't because there was a, a crazy fall-off-the-cliff decline in his play. But the, num- the number of times, the number of seasons in which they were crying poor because of the effect of the Hayward deal, I know stuff like that has mattered to them in the past. But again, it's it's a matter of what your need is based on how close you think you are and if you can replace his value to your team. The other thing, and maybe this has to do with like the, the coaching change when it comes to Bellinger, Joe mentions it, but what if they figured out a way to keep his swing plane in the right spot? Yeah, the, the, the data's got some worrisome details in it. That there weren't as many hard-hit balls at the end of the season, that sort of thing. Second half of the season. But there was still timely hitting, more so than any other player on the offense. Which isn't sustainable. Timely hitting is not sustainable. No. OPS means nothing suddenly. No, that's not timely, though. Hitting is hitting. Timely hitting is almost always High OPS indicates based on how many times you're up per game that you're likely in a timely hitting scenario. Right, but your own timely hitting isn't sustainable. Tell that to Jose Abreu for however many years he was with the well, White Sox. He, well, he spent the entire first two-thirds of the season being a, a not a major league level player. Yeah, year. and then when they needed him, he was still there, and they went to their seventh straight ALCS. Cody Bellinger's second half OPS was higher than his first half. Correct. And the But the, the hard hit numbers dropped off significantly. His slug was 552. I know. The hard hit. I'm, t- I'm he was just hurt. telling you. The, the, the way the ball actually came off the bat, there, there's this isn't my research. This is what uh, some people are saying about why there's been some reticence about what it was last season and what those numbers meant. 406 but, makes but, the best point. Who cares about the cost? There's no salary cap. It's not your money. There's a competitive balance tax that sometimes applies to people. I just think that it's interesting that like we're ignoring numbers that we usually talk about, meaning that a player is good. Well, Welcome I think we look to at all an of it. arbitration here. We look at all of it because there's there's obviously with pitchers now and the way we understand peripherals. You know what is is amazing to me in a lot but of. But I it, think that that that's evolving science too, though, Dan. Like I don't, I I don't know what it, it's what everybody's looking at now. The numbers that that players themselves use. I think it would be, be really good to talk to Ian about this, and I think he's mentioned this before when when we have him on next. The stats that teams are using in a, in evaluations are expected stats. 
It's amazing how quickly that revolution, it's not so much the actuals, but the, it's based on how we've got batted ball data that takes out luck. It actually says, what, based on how... We have luck in our game. Yes, and Captain Variance would tell you that. But the, what's really Except interesting the is the, the number of executives, the number of scouts that, that talk about the best stats being expected stats, because those are based on physics. Those are, those are based on how the ball comes off the bat at what speed and at what angle. Saying if you take out, guy made a great catch, or the wind knocked it down, or you're in this park or that park. It's just if you continue to hit the ball the, like that those number of times over a large enough sample, this is what your OPS will be. Yeah, and sure, that's all well and good, except you and I have done how many shows where we talk about how the ball is different, thereby displacing a lot of the physics theories as well. Yeah, I just think with the more, depending on, on a season, if you balance that out with linear weighting, you can have stuff that's relative to the run environment of a given season. Man, that's, I don't know. I don't trust stats do. where the variable is that is that wild. Yeah, like, but, that, but that's what plus does. That's what the linear weight does, is it's the current run environment. So they could change the ball, but all of your stats are relative to the run environment. That's why there's, I don't know if they have expected and expected plus, but that's the, the, the entire point of plus is for park adjustment and run environment adjusted. So if they change the ball one year, it doesn't change your value relative to every other player. So but it's, just, it's another way of explaining why there, there's still some reticence here. So what what would make sense from a contract standpoint? Oh, I don't, it's not a matter of what makes sense. He's going to get seven years. It's just a matter of what team well, no, wants to I do mean, it. Dan, the whole point of this is what makes sense from a contract standpoint. The well, whole point of Joe's well, piece is it doesn't make sense to sign a player like this for more years than he's been good. So right, but somebody what makes sense. I'm asking you a question. I'm saying that isn't the point. The point is he's saying you don't that, that a team is going to do it. It's just if you do it, these are the dangers you inherit in doing it. Right. But my question is, if if Joe has now put this thing together, in looking at Bellinger, what would then financially make sense to project out as his salary? Would it make sense to if you're if you're saying he's had four good seasons, would it make sense for the Cubs to go to him under this doctrine and say, here's four years and $220 million. Would that make sense? <sighs> Instead of seven over three, seven for 310 or whatever. Or you build in opt-outs and escalators, and there's a way to negotiate a contract that protects you against poor performance. I mean, hell, Frank Thomas had it. Yeah, didn't they offer that to uh, Manny Machado, the White but, Sox? How'd right, that work out for Yeah, him? but he's not going to take it. That's, that's the thing. He's going to get this deal. Yeah. He, with the, the 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 red the warning here is just do you do you want to be the team that inherits a level of risk that is predicted by this? Look, nothing. They remember when the Cubs signed Soriano, there wasn't even another negotiator. That was the whole joke about Jim Hendry's barrel. They they bid against themselves to just make up a number for Alfonso Soriano that the market didn't even suggest. What do you think the Dodgers did with Shohei Otani's contract? Like they're paying him in the years of of his contract that he, they think he's not going to be good. He's not even be playing. But that's my He'll be point. Retired. But yeah. they don't care Long because retired. what they're pay like their payroll is what now. So what's their risk? The Reds have have signed more people and had more money given in the offseason than the Cubs have. What's theirs? 
the Cubs can spend any baseball team can spend whatever they want. But we know that when the Cubs have bid off a bad deal, it had did it had affected their business in these ensuing years. So it, it it's not my money. They, I I could spend everyone else's money all day. Right. But I, I also care. I also think that you're you're giving them an out that they don't deserve. Like I don't I don't like the the mentioning of the U Darvish thing because we know that that was a bad business practice for bad business practice sake. That that wasn't baseball. That wasn't diminishing returns on a player. Yeah, that was a, that was still that a, a viable yeah. player that they didn't want to pay because they got freaked out by COVID yep. and and the recession. These hard economic times. It also just depends on what your team defines as a bad deal based on what their goal is. Like, do you think they'd be stressing out in L.A. over the Jason Hayward contract? Well, they have no. Jason Hayward. They, and they're <laughs> yeah. paying him $9 million this mm-hmm. year. He was worth every bit of it. But that my point is they, they pay guys. They just don't stress out about it as much as the Cubs do or the Cubs fans for that matter. You know why? Because to them, it's not a big deal. It's the price of doing business if you want to really win. I, w- I would love for them to bring back Cody Bellinger on the very same deal he had last year. But Bellinger played his way into a team who's going to give him seven years and $175 million. I, I think that's inevitable. But if you're able to have it where, where you're exposed to a little bit less risk, I think the, 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 the warnings might be in there because he's capable of being really bad. Good baseball face, though. He does have a good baseball face, and he is fun. He's a vibe. He I also think. plays really good defense. Yeah, although I did, I had somebody uh, come at me. Are I, you taking the fun out of Cody Bellinger's defense now, too? Well, when I somebody else did it for me. I mentioned he was an elite-level defender at two positions, and I got a long uh, screed from somebody with a lot of a lot of gory math in there, making successfully making the case that he's not that good in center field anymore he, i would say lead at first base and pretty good at center field i test i but. feel like i'm in somebody's arbitration hearing that's 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 we're looking at that's you know that's called player evaluation that's what player evaluation is so we'll see i just i know that bellinger had made a lot of friends last year had a great year and a lot of cub fans want him but it may be that all of the the quants on on the, the Cubs are looking to spend whatever money they're allotted, whatever ownership is letting them spend, that they're spending it differently. If that oh. means Matt Chapman. Matt um, Chapman's offense? Do you want to go there? Look at his numbers. I'm just saying. Do it during the that, break. That, that's a defensive move to, to maybe have the best defensive infield in baseball. Remember that way, time they wanted to build their team around defense and then they decided that certain positions needed more offense? They've already amended that. Do you guys know where Baker Mayfield ranks this year in quarterback salary? In quarterback salary? 20th. Lower. Really? Much lower. I'm going to give you the names of guys that he's around, okay? All right. Kenny Pickett, Mac Jones, Drew Locke, Mike White, Jameis Winston, Sam Darnold. Crap. That's in the 30s. Yes, 39th. Wow. That's crazy. And he's about to get broke off a piece. Good for Good him. him. I'm happy for him. I like him. 
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.